Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. My name is Kit Tantalos. My mother is Sorsha. She sent me here to come find you. She told me that once long ago you stood together against the forces of evil and defeated them. The world needs you again. It needs your magic. It's okay. She is who she claims to be. How do you know? I read her mind. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> Had you though, didn't I? I didn't read your mind. It's just... You remind me of your mother. My brother Eric was taken by... The Gales. The what? Your brother's alive. A prisoner of the Withered Crone. Who dwells in the immemorial city that lies beyond the Shattered Sea. The four who came to Tira's Lena, her servants. I'm sorry, did you say beyond the Shattered Sea? Okay. What? Princess, I've traveled all across the world and I've met some real magical Marvins, but I've never met anyone who crossed the Shattered Sea. That's where all the maps end. That's where we must go. Beyond the edge of our world. Into the unknown. That's Willow. New episodes every Wednesday on Disney+. Plus. James Dempsey joins us uh, once again. Willow was like, been around for a million years, has it, James? Uh, Willow, yeah, I'm not sure. I think it's like 88, maybe. Um, It's like a Ron Howard vehicle. I think uh, George Lucas might be thrown in there somewhere and like a a real starring vehicle for Warwick Davis, arguably the world's most famous... um, I don't know if he's a dwarf or a little person, not quite sure what his uh, what his status is, but he's the most famous actor of that stature anyway. And I will say um, Willow, like I, I feel sort of trapped by nostalgia here because Willow was like a real Dempsey family favorite. Bring out the old VHS, fast forward the ads that I would only love to be able to see now. And it was with some fondness that I saw uh, that they were going to spin this out and you know, make a TV show out of it because I really liked Willow as a kid. And I rewatched Willow on Disney Plus recently in anticipation of this. And it's a really weird, <laughs> um, like, fable, fairy tale with some very creepy visuals. And here, um, I have to admit, right, in a year where we've gotten some very fancy fantasy in the shape of House of the Dragon and Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, um, this is definitely B-grade fantasy. Mm. The main difference here is that this is family fantasy, right? This is family-friendly stuff. There, you know, if you think of um, a description I often give of Game of Thrones is that it is fantasy that Fs, right? And this is definitely <laughs> not... <laughs> This is not fantasy that does anything. There's a little bit of kissing in the first episode, and that's about as much, I'd say, romance romances we're going to get. Um, so the story has moved on, right? In the years, basically, since Willow uh, helped defeat the evil Queen Bavmorda and save the future Empress Elora Dannon, uh, the you know as you would kind of expect the realm has uh, known peace and uh, uh, but but uh, always the threat of danger on the horizon and uh, danger comes in the shape of four uh, I'm, I'm going to call them like henchmen of the apocalypse but that's not what their names is in the show who come and kidnap um, our, our our prince but actually 
what the show is constantly trying to do is subvert expectations of fantasy. So not only do we get a, a prince and princess of which the princess is very capable of holding her own, we also have some very queer-coded romances or you know or allusions to that in 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 the makeup of our group, and we have a typical story of a band of people on a mythical quest. So that's kind of what we heard in the clip there. Um, you know, a band of people making their way across the splintered sea and all that. All in, I would say, um, in the first few episodes that I've seen, I enjoyed it, but I would I would put it as like a sort of a grade B fantasy show, right? This is something that you might sit down and watch with your kids. You're not going to get some uh, heavy, uh, you know, prestige drama here, right? It is family-friendly stuff. And on the whole, I kind of liked it. But as I said, I'm sort of trapped in a nostalgia trap because I, I always liked Willow to begin with. Yeah, though I, I suppose that there's more of an intention here that the, uh, the whole family sit down and watch this and perhaps any age child could watch it, whereas perhaps that mightn't be the case with Lord of the Rings even. I think so. I think Lord of the Rings like is definitely... Uh, more PG, shall we say, than um, than obviously House of the Dragon, obviously. But uh, Lord of the Rings is still a lot kind of creepier. Here, mm. there's there is violence, but most of it it takes place off screen or is sort of alluded to. Um, and here we've got kind of like a plucky band of brothers gang. You know, it's <laughs> look. You know, it's kind of great B fantasy because some people speak with an American accent, <laughs> and, and, uh, <laughs> and normally in fantasy, it's all either you know, a very posh received pronunciation, Queen Queen Elizabeth English, or it's very uh, stage Irish accents. Yes. Uh, and, and Warwick Davis, where has he been since? I mean, look, I looked at his, you know, his, his profile. He is busy, right? He is working every single year. I mean, he had a show with Ricky Gervais, a sitcom a few uh, years ago. Uh, he had, obviously, um, he was in all of the Harry Potter movies. He has been in many, many, many of the Star Wars movies. He's he's kind of a constant feature. I will say he's an interesting performer in this. Like, what we heard in the clip there, I think, is a, a very good example of his his range. Insofar as he's kind, he's he's good at the sort of off-the-cuff, silly bits. And then when it comes to the weightier side, I'm not sure he kind of really can carry the 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 plot. What I think is kind of remarkable about this, though, actually, is you know, uh, like Val Kilmer was kind of the the hunk of the Willow verse way back when, and uh, in you know, obviously Val Kilmer has has gone through a lot of uh, personal medical issues. But what a year for a resurgence of old Val Kilmer <laughs> material mm. between Top Gun and Willow. Like it, you know, I'd say if his health had been any way better, he'd have been definitely involved in this somehow right okay right uh, that's uh, Willow then we'll move on uh, to Pepsi Where's My Jet all episodes now streaming on Netflix here's a clip and I was like uh, can you play that again sure beats the bus play it again sure beats the bus play it again and I just want to make sure for the 90th time that what I think I saw is actually what I saw. I can't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I was like, holy this guy's actually going to think about this. He could see I was really interested. They put disclaimers on ads all the time. They didn't have a disclaimer on this ad. But then I had to go to the next step. Okay, now I like what the commercial shows, which is false advertising. I think it's false advertising. Now, let's go to step two. Write your business plan down. This is your deal, John. Okay, James, you better explain the, the 
What? What is it? Because it sounds just so mad. Yeah, it is a little bit mad, right? And even the most mad thing about it is that uh, the producer of it is Theo James, who people will know as Cameron, uh, the uh, one of the two couples in the White Lotus at the moment, oh. the two kind of American couples, the British guy anyway. He is the producer on this. And it is a story that I had absolutely never heard of. And it took place in the 90s when Pepsi Cola was running this advertising campaign in the US that involved... Pepsi points, where people would uh, drink bottles of Pepsi, obviously, and obviously garner some amount of points to which they could use to uh, to obtain different things. So, like there was like Pepsi uh, denim jackets, Pepsi caps, Pepsi copybooks. I'm sure all kind of Pepsi stuff that has now is now lying in landfill somewhere, <laughs> and uh, nobody cares about it. And in in this advert, right at the very end of this TV spot that ran in the US, they had. 7 million Pepsi points, a Harrier to fighter jet. And you see this boy in an ad getting out of his fighter jet after arriving in school going, better than taking the bus. And some this young guy, uh, this young guy named John Leonard, I think he was 21 at the time, was watching the ad. And he sort of noticed that they didn't put a disclaimer up saying, you know, like, obviously, there is no jet. And he essentially started this years-long campaign against Pepsi to make them honor the advertising deal that he proposed that they were offering. And this has gone on to become a key kind of like legal case in 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 American you know in, in American law obviously uh, about what you can expect or not from from TV advertising and this four episode run essentially follows his story from inception of the idea to the legal battle that he wages against Pepsi and brings in a lot of, you know, funny characters. Uh, he, he's backed by this man named Todd Hoffman, who's sort of the money backer behind his his attempt to do it. But also you have Michael Avenatti, uh, the very famous, I think he was Stormy Daniels' uh, lawyer during the, you know, the Trump campaign. And himself is um, currently under house arrest for, uh, I, I don't want to defame him <laughs> right on the air. He's, he's a litigious lawyer, but he's definitely also a no-gooden at the same time. And uh, it does, across the four episodes it follows their their battle with pepsi to try and get you know what to try and get a fighter jet essentially delivered to them right. and on the whole i would say four episodes is probably slightly too many it could definitely be a tighter three episode one and it really kind of buries the lead because at one point it goes off and explores this um this other pepsi campaign that took place in the philippines uh, in i think in the early 90s that you know was an absolute disaster for uh, for Pepsi, but also ended tragically with the deaths of five people in the Philippines and like this whole uh, chaotic mess involving uh, money that was being offered by Pepsi there. So it's a real exploration of kind of the '90s of of corporations and their and how advertising was just so important and the battle of Pepsi to try and. I guess not probably take over uh, from Coke as number one, but to 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 chip away constantly at, at Coke's market. And one of the funny things that they do throughout the show is that each person they interview, they they get them to blind taste Coke and Pepsi to determine which one is their favorite. And the whole thing is, look, it's a funny, simple, uh, funny story. It's well told. It's nicely packaged. It's one episode too long. Uh, do, do they explain what John Leonard's motivation was in doing this? <laughs> You know, the the documentary presents him and his backer, Todd, as these kind of very affable, nice guys. And 
uh, I think there's a bit more ruthless to them, uh, ruthlessness to them than is is on than you know. This is more than meets the eye to them. But essentially, their plan was to force Pepsi to to deliver this jet because that is what they advertised without any kind of disclaimer, and then they were going to essentially like use the jet to lease out to Hollywood movies or bring it on tour so people could get a photo taken, you know, photograph taken in it. They weren't, you know, they weren't crusaders for consumer rights, right? Yes. <laughs> they, were, they were doing it to make a book and they were trying to find a way to do it. But as you can see when you're watching the documentary, I mean, like if you've done first year business studies way back when, you know, the Sale of Goods and Supply of Services Act, uh, you know, the Consumer Information Act, you know, the law, the advertising must be absolutely, you know, spot on and you must cross every T and dot every I and Pepsi left themselves wide open to this kind of bizarre case. Yeah. Did John Leonard have like the seven million vouchers that are required for the jet? So I won't go into that because okay. he is, no you know, th that might constitute a very slight spoiler. But originally, when he first puts the numbers together to drink seven million points worth of Coke, it was going to cost him something like four point eight million dollars. <laughs> and then something <laughs> happens that means they can avoid that altogether. Right. OK. And can you tell us why Cindy Crawford is in it? <laughs> <laughs> Cindy Crawford, uh, yeah. So Cindy Crawford appears as uh, so she was the face of Pepsi in the nineties. I guess I don't know. I just don't. I don't know if like I mean I was watching a lot of TV in the nineties, and I remember a lot of TV ads. I can't rem remember any Pepsi ads off the top of my head beyond there was definitely the Spice Girls at some point. But she was the 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 poster girl of of Pepsi, and they just inter they interview her in the opening episode to kind of get a sense of the significance of Pepsi's advertising campaigns, definitely in the US as they try to kind of, uh, as they try to find a, a, a market. And the way they did it was, you know, Pepsi, the choice of a new generation to sort of pr push it onto young people. That was their, their real aim. Right, we'll move on to our third show. It is The Patient, new episodes every Wednesday on Disney+. Plus. Here's a clip. I wish you knew what it was like to live like this. It's not like what they say, right, where he's like a, You've seen Silence of the Lambs, where he's like a robot? It's not like that. Gee. Sam. Sam. Unlock this chain. I'm going to walk out of here and go back to my office. No, we already tried that. It didn't work without me telling you the truth. It, it will be different now that I know the truth. You will come to my office two, three days a week. I cannot help you like this. This is just going to make it worse. Let me go. I know you'd have to turn me in. No, 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 no. I would not have to turn you in. Legally, ethically, unless you told me you were going to commit another crime, I can work with you. Everything you've told me so far is confidential. I am going to commit another crime. Right, I sp I've seen the, the first two episodes. I know a fair few people, James, have seen the first two episodes. Everybody said the same thing. Brilliant. Why is it so short? Yeah, I know. And I like, listen, I, I, <laughs> I'm the kind of person who's always like, I love short things. I love half an hour. I say it all the time. I, uh, it'll be on my tombstone. James loved half hour TV shows. And this just feels slight, especially because it is a one and done series, right? There's, I think there's 10 episodes across the whole thing. The first one is only even maybe 20 minutes long. It's a really tight, it's supposed to be like very tense uh, TV show that comes from Joe Fields and Joe Weisberg. Weisberg, probably best known for the Americans, arguably, you know, one of the best shows of the last decade, mm. if 
yeah, certainly in the last decade and uh, a, a real gem if, if someone's looking for something real meaty. A little slow at the beginning, but picks up definitely and is like real thrilling, exciting, tightly wound drama about Soviet spies in the 80s and 90s. And here we have uh, Steve Carell. I, you know, Steve Carell playing against type uh, that he has been, uh, although sort sort of becoming a new type in doing so, because ever since leaving the office, he's gone down these sort of very dramatic roads. He plays uh, Dr. Alan Strauss, who is a therapist who wakes up in the first episode to find himself chained to a bed. And very quickly, we realize that he has been kidnapped by a, a patient of his uh, who is played by Donald Gleeson. And I really want to commend both actors. Donald, like, I don't think I've ever seen Donald Gleeson as good as this. He is so interesting what he's doing with this kind of uh, serial killer character who has chained up his therapist because he ultimately is trying to not kill again. Mm. And I think, uh, you know, going in, you need to know that this is a limited series. By the end, uh, there's going to be no more episodes than that. So I haven't seen the whole run. I don't know what happens, but I feel it's going to go one way or the other for Dr. Strauss, right? And certainly they are constantly ratcheting up the tension. But at the same time, they're going off uh, into Dr. Strauss's, uh, I guess, he, you know, he's sort of lying in chained up and he's going off in moments of reverie and uh, thinking about his past. And we're learning about him, his uh, his sort of um, dysfunctional relationship with his son, who has become uh, an Orthodox Jew in the US. And he and his wife, who was a cantor, which is someone who sings the prayers in the synagogue, have had a sort of falling out with their son. And that's being doled out. And I guess we have to remember that we're, you know, you know, uh, Dr. Strauss is is the audience substitute, right? He's the only person we sort of follow throughout this story. Uh, so he is, he's given more of the screen time, but arguably, Donald Gleeson is kind of the the more interesting character to some degree because he is a serial killer who wants to change. And my only criticism really of the show is it just feels a little slight. Like I just, I, I, I'm left wanting more at the end. I've, I've seen now, I think, four of the episodes and I'm still just left wanting more at the end of each one. They often end on a, you know, like a, a cliffhanger to keep you at, on the edge of your seat. And certainly, look, I am on the edge of my seat, but I'd like to also sometimes be on the full of my seat <laughs> um, um, and just learn a little bit more about who these people are, because I know by episode 10, it's all going to be over. Yeah, and but Donald Gleeson was absolutely sensational, I thought, in, the, in that he didn't make the mistake of trying to appear sinister. It's all described in this very kind of humdrum way of how he killed yeah. people. And, and I mean, it's it's kind of black comedy at times, yeah. I would say. But um, but also, there's just something kind of weird about him in it. Like, there's just something unsettling. Like, he has he's managed to find this just something that it makes the character odd and creepy and unusual mm. and threatening and like you kind of really believe <laughs> that he would go out and kill people and you also kind of really believe that he's trying to change uh, but, but as i said i like i feel like this is just going to go one of two ways and i am intrigued to see how well they execute the landing but i guess i just want a little bit more yeah yeah well, I, I i've only seen the first two episodes what's with the peeing do you think I'm not, as in, how is Dr. Strauss being? Yeah, well, no, no, the, no, the, like in the both episodes, there, there was like Donald Gleason's character goes into the loo, has a very loud pee, uh, and you can see Steve Carell going, crikey, how long is this going on for? <laughs> I, they, they've done it twice. So yeah. I, I start to think, is there some significance here? Is that how he kills them? I, I, you know, <laughs> what does it mean? 
Uh, the toilet so, dog killer. Yeah. yeah. So that, um, well, look, by the episode four, by episode four, they haven't gone into that yet. Um, I know what you're talking about. There is definitely weird flushing going on. I think it's just to sort of build up the kind of sense of helplessness of Dr. Strauss chained up while, you know, this Having guy is going around peeing. But yeah. um, if they don't explain that either, it'll be a little bit disappointing. <laughs> uh, right. So those three shows are Willow. New episodes every Wednesday on Disney+. Plus. Pepsi, Where's My Jet? All episodes now streaming on Netflix and The Patient new episodes every Wednesday also on Disney Plus James Dempsey thanks a million thank you Moncrief brought to you by Avant Money think you're getting the best value from your bank think again weekdays at 2pm on News Talk